it is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty. And luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. And away we go with Big 12 football and beyond. Hello, everybody. Great to be with you. Chris Landry here talking Big 12 football. Some news and notes that we're going to get to. Some issues going on at Kansas State and at West Virginia. Some news with the transfer um, at uh, Texas Tech from LSU. We're going to get into that. And all the... Highlight is uh, we're going to break down as we do a couple of teams each day and each conference as we get through each of the conference shows. Kansas State and Baylor coming up. Chris Kleiman, second year. Kansas State doing a really good job there. And Dave Aranda taking over his first year in Waco. So we're going to break down those teams for you. What to look for, um, evaluate their personnel, the program kind of really kind of encapsulates with scouting notes of what took place last year, get you ready for the season. A reminder that even much more detailed film room breakdowns and roster breakdowns of all of these teams up on LandryFootball.com. you want to check that out. Uh, we are hot and heavy into getting all of that for you. So really, really excited about that. Basically what we do in about 5,000 words, we break down the program, break down the team, kind of evaluate what happened last year, give you a lot of news notes and nuggets on it, but really good evaluations. In addition to all that, we take a, who are the best players on offense, who are the best players on defense. We take a, a grade list of how players were graded coming out of high school in the recruiting process that are currently on your current school's roster. And then uh, who are the best-looking pro prospects, at least at this point, that or on the, on the uh, watch list at this point for classes of 2021 and 2022. So tons of information there. Uh, what does the incoming recruiting class look like? All of that for you over at LandryFootball.com in the breakdowns on the college side. Also got our notebooks each and every day. You can find out the latest recruiting information, uh, little film room nuggets of what's going on um, in evaluating these players. So just lots of great information. We're really uh, uh, proud of it. And certainly we do the same thing on the NFL side. So take advantage of our scouting season offer. Less than $5 a month will get you access to a one-year membership. We'll break down all the games during the course of the season. Like I said, this time of year we're breaking down rosters. We get into the transition after the year. It's recruiting boards. It's recruiting analysis. We're going to have breakdowns and uh, scouting analysis of, uh, and have had it with our recruiting boards. We'll continue going forward with that. So it's about personnel. It's about coaching. It's about evaluating players, teams, coaches, schemes at the college and NFL level. That's what we provide for you behind the curtain, uh, a peek behind the curtain to take a look at what the world of coaching and scouting viewpoint is on these programs, as well as in the NFL. If you're a fan of the NFL draft boards and evaluations of rosters in the NFL, got it all for you. Uh, also, we're really excited um, 
for all of you college fans, as you know, we're doing this show, and we've kind of take this show, taken this show to where we do it every day in college football, and I kind of focus on a conference each day once a week. We're transitioning because we want to make it better, and we already have SEC Gumbo that's taken over with Blake Rafino that's doing that. So we're going to transition probably another more week of doing these conference shows <clears throat> myself and then kind of getting other people involved. I'm trying to think of the exact date, but coming up in a couple of weeks, a few Big 12 fans. Boy, am I really pleased to announce that Tyler McComas and Brad Kellner <clears throat> are going to be doing the Big 12 show. And I think it's going to be called in defense of the Big 12. And, yes, they'll maybe talk a little basketball during the basketball season, but it's going to be a couple of times a week uh, talking about the Big 12, breaking it down. They're both in the heart of it. Uh, certainly I'm going to be transitioning to a couple of days a week, breaking down um, the college game from a national perspective. So be talking about the Big 12, be talking about everybody. But really, really excited of having those guys. We've going to have the same thing with an ACC show, Big Ten show, and we're going to have one with the Pac-12. Not quite finalized that, but we've got the Big Ten, the Big 12, the ACC, and the SEC all locked up. Uh, we're really, really excited. We're going to have a college football handicapping show that's going to really aid you, that you're going to love. And maybe even better news, to top all of that off. And we're going to have some other things. Got a couple of folks adding on the, the pro football side <clears throat> as well. All of this is going to be seen live. Yes, you're going to be able to listen to your podcast the way you're currently doing it, the way you want. You can absorb it through your phone or go to the website, but you're going to be able to watch it live on Twitch TV. Yes, twitch.tv slash chrislandryfootball will get you to the Twitch channel. And you're going to be able to watch that stuff and listen to the replays uh, pretty much, you know, 24-7, seven days a week. When we get all the live programming up and get everybody situated, we'll have reruns just like any TV station. Imagine a TV station online with football conversation covering all parts of the country. College football, pro football, every conference having their show. Yeah, you got the SEC network, the Big Ten network, the ACC network. It's a lot of stuff that you got to sort through that's not very good. Having people that are embedded in the league talking about it, giving you the information, giving you the analysis, allowing you to interact, that's what this is going to be. So we're really, really excited and proud about what we're venturing in with the Landry Football podcast of network so how you're going to get it is very simple you can go to landryfootball.com the podcasts are free so i said behind the paywall you can get the detailed information but you can certainly get a lot of the information free in terms of podcasts but you can also get the podcast all of these podcasts going right to your phone by signing up for landry football's conference call so um real simple and again if it's a lot of things to absorb, we're going to have all the information on LandryFootball.com. So that's your hub station to go and ferret out and find what you want. We're really excited to be bringing in some different people and obviously some different sponsors and people involved. And we certainly just can't thank enough our great friends at 401k Generation that have been on board with us as we've done these different shows and they are experts in financial planning and the, the reason why we hook up with guys like this is that they are so good at what they do they are great with money management investments financial planning uh, preserving your wealth increasing your wealth whatever your situation is a 401k issue an IRA rollover issue whatever it is maybe it's not an issue are you doing the right things could you be doing some things differently? Maybe you don't have a financial person. Good time to get a financial checkup and get a professional opinion on what you should be doing, uh, assessing your uh, risk level, so on and so forth. Maybe you've got somebody that you utilize. Maybe finding a second opinion is not a bad thing. Regardless, and the great thing about it, on top of all of that, they're licensed in all 50 states. So give them a call at 1-866-998-5879. They are the experts in financial planning, so check them out today. So <clears throat> if we kind of look at the 
the world of college football today uh, and the maybe the news of the day, we always like to talk a little bit, <clears throat> pardon me, nationally around the country. The biggest things that jump out, uh, LSU, Alabama, and USC all getting four-star verbal commitments um, on Wednesday. Uh, I forgot what day it was. Uh, Alabama getting a four-star pledge from Dallas Parker, uh, edge rusher. Uh, LSU getting a commitment from four-star linebacker Nakeem Brown, Virginia Beach native. Really good-looking player. Really good quickness. Outstanding uh, player. Alabama's Dallas Turner's a defensive end. They're starting to come on in recruiting. Georgia, Florida, Michigan, Oklahoma were the other candidates for them. But uh, Alabama getting them. Um, uh, Fort Lauderdale, Florida native, just outstanding. He's one of the top 150 prospects um, in the country. We'll get to this tomorrow, but I guess some good news at Utah with Morgan Scally, the defensive coordinator, was suspended after a June text uh, from 2013 that came up with a racial slur. He's going to remain with the program. So I guess that's certainly good in terms of a good football coach, how that's going Um some other news that we wanted to get to do that kind of highlighted uh, the day would have been USC's verbal commitment from four-star athlete Jalen Smith, who's considering Alabama, Texas, Washington, Clemson, among others. The general belief that his pledge was um, was likely going to end up going to U- USC's from Mission Hills, California. Um, really, really good player. Uh, he's a top 300 overall player in this class. Very good athlete can play a couple of different roles on the secondary. I see him as a guy that can be a really good cover guy, but he's got some ability to play the run instincts. So good get for Clay Helton as they are doing a much better job of getting into the early element of recruiting in, in something that they've never been consistently uh, good at. Um, so that's kind of a, a look around national college football Today, some news around the Pac-12. Uh, Iowa State redshirt junior defensive back Keontae Jones is entering the transfer portal. You remember he was a three-star recruit. that didn't make a huge impact with the Cyclones. He appeared in 13 games in his three years there. Uh, nine of those appearances were uh, came in 2019. He was credited with a pair of tackles. And if he leaves with his degree, he can play right away. He's also eligible to play if he leaves. Um, for an FCS program or lore. Um, news out of Kansas State, and again, we're going to break down that program and, and the, the roster here in a bit. <clears throat> uh, they've had some issues on campus with someone in their student government come out with a racial slur, and it's something that Chris Kleiman, the head coach, has said that racism is not welcome. The players are threatening to boycott. And so obviously what is the – obvious thing or the next step is for the head coach to step in and support his players, uh, support their uh, efforts to try to make this a big issue. So I think those things are, are, are really important to understand and and um, understandably so they're trying to deal with it. Uh, also an issue we know that's going on with um, West Virginia with Vic Keening and a statement concerning the allegations by Kerry Martin, he's come out and apologized, and we're going to see where that heads up uh, and, and where that ends up going forward. Um, at Oklahoma State, they've announced that 14 players have test positive. I'm not quite sure what any of that means. It just is. They've announced it. So we'll go from there. Um, also, on the field news, which we really like to focus on, former LSU redshirt senior defensive back Eric Monroe has transferred to Texas Tech. Um, he's six one, two hundred eight pounder. Can really move. It can factor into their safety rotation. Um, he really did a nice job for LSU. Good player. Uh, looking for a, a chance to play immediately. Good, good player. Uh, he'll help Tech, and there's no question he'll play for them early and play effectively. Um, speaking of Tech, they've announced they've had twenty three positive cases of COVID nineteen. Um, Wish the best to TCU redshirt sophomore Matthew Baldwin, who's retiring from football with a back and knee issue. So as we head into the season and we try to break down these teams, want to talk a little bit about Kansas State and Baylor today. Chris Kleiman, we'll start with the Wildcats. 
in Manhattan. The Little Apple. <coughs> Pardon me. I'm <clears throat> getting choked up. I thought Kleiman and his staff exceeded all expectations last year. I thought there would be a transition. I thought there would be some adjustments, and I thought there'd be a step back. Seamless transition is the best way I can describe it. Did a really good job. They won eight regular season games, which I didn't see, and they beat Oklahoma. Something that probably, unless you're a Kansas State or an Oklahoma fan or really follow Big 12 football, which we know you guys listening do, not a lot of people remember that, but they did it. You look at his North Dakota State dynasty, he went 69-16 and 16 in his final five season, won four national titles. Tough, physical, ball control, power run game. Serves as an outlier in this league where it's focusing on spread attacks that operate at a hyper speed. Offensive style is a really a good fit. I think an ideal fit for their recruiting profile. Um, I mean, I think that's really important to to understand that they're not getting the elite athlete, that the great skill position guy in that part of the country, though they can get some of those physical guys. So developing a dominant line over time in the weight room, you know, Iowa-like, if you will, is what they need to do. It's outside their league, but if you watch Kansas State play, they play like a Big Ten team in the Big 12. You say, oh, that's not going to work, Chris. Well, no, it can. I think playing to what you can do and to your strength does work. And I think having the alternative way to play can really help you. Are you either going to, A, try to match the athleticism of the teams that go up and down the field in the Big 12, or do you try to do what Kansas State does, limit your offensive possessions, be physical, be bigger, be stronger, hey, heck, be tougher. It, it works. It's not going to win them the Big 12. They're not in it to win the Big 12. I mean, of course, they say they are. The reality is that they are not. But they can certainly go to bowl games, win eight games, maybe more, and occasionally pull an upset over a team that can't throttle down and adjust to their slower tempo. You know, as Bill Snyder's long tenure kind of came into question later, the recruiting pipeline started to dry up. Recruiting's tough there. You can't get there. I mean, when in the age of – I mean, how do you fly in there? You need little private jets. You, it's it's not near anywhere. you got to fly into Kansas City. It's always tough. And they've had awful, awful tradition until Bill Snyder. I mean, everybody in the Big 8 – Everybody in the Big 12 always was ahead of them in every area, even in Kansas. At least Kansas had some things that they can build upon and some things that they've had. You know, Kansas had, you know, some Big 8 titles and Orange Bowl berths and things that they've done in the past. They've had some stinko football as well, but they've had some success. Kansas State, nada until Bill Snyder got there. So they had no history and tradition and roots and facilities and budget. All the things that come with success did not exist there. But the recruiting classes continued to fall under Bill towards the end, and especially from the high school ranks. Now, Bill understood that you had to recruit not from the junior colleges but to the junior colleges, and he had some success there. But I think for Kansas State to sustain – they still need to use the Jayhawk League along with college football free agency, which is a transfer portal, to fill gaps as needed and maybe to take the player in-state or out-of-state that maybe can't qualify or doesn't fit for whatever reason, needs some development, character, football, off the field, academically, whatever, and use the junior colleges to then go back and try to secure them. You can still use that. But if you're going to work JUCOs as your primary way, it's going to be tough because it's got to hit right away. It's got to hit early. 
because you don't have time to develop junior college guys. They're not with you long enough. They've got to crack the cold in recruiting and developing because it's going to be a developmental program. Development requires, requires getting a pipeline that's improved in the high school ranks. If you look at them, from 1999 to 2003, that's five drafts. Kansas State had 27 NFL draft picks, five and a half per year. From the 17 years after that, 2004 to 2020, that's 17 drafts, 25 draft picks, 1.4 per year. There's just not a whole lot. After the talent boom, the peak of the Snyder run, recruiting slowed, and last April, you know, the 26-year draft pick streak was snapped. Eight-win debut was unexpected. But don't let that fool you. It's still a long rebuild. The quarterback run game is a foundational part to this football program. In the final decade, Snyder's quarterbacks took 100-plus carries every year, 200-plus in nine of those ten seasons. Colin Klein averaged 25 carries a game in 2011, 27 rushing touchdowns. The inverted veer, the delayed draw, the quarterback power, the speed option, you name it, they did it all. The offensive coordinator, Courtney Messingham's offense at North Dakota State had similar roots and goals, such as developing power in the trenches, reliable ball control attack. But the quarterbacks were far less involved in the run game and were more focused on efficient passing and winning play actions over the top when the defense starting to overproduce the run. So his quarterbacks only ended up with roughly 15% of the carries and were down significantly from 35% to 50%. Let's call it what it is. Kansas State used the quarterback in the run game because they had good legs and they had limitations as passers. I think what this staff wants to do in short is to develop and recruit better passers so that they can work play action off their effective run game. Skylar Thompson took 20% of his carries while improving year-over-year in completion percentage, yards, attempts, quarterback rating, touchdown, interception, radio. He's really good. When I break him down on tape, he's good at the speed option, the quarterback draws, throwing on the run. That last bit's a double-edged sword. Too often, rather than stepping up in the pocket, he flees to his right, runs out of the pocket, away from protection. That needs to be coached out of him, but he's been doing it for a while and likely will continue. The offensive line loses all five starters for the first time in forever. I mean, that was even that, that didn't even happen in the Bill Snyder era. That goes back 30 years. So it's it's odd in that that one of the non-starters though is Josh Rivas, who I think is one of the best linemen in the Big 12. He didn't start a game last year, but he is Mr. Swiss Army Knife on the offensive line. He moved around. He played several spots. was a really good starter in 2018. But you're going to have four full-time new starters that they've got to identify without a spring. You know the drill there. Different blocking scheme, different technique because they work a lot of cut blocks. Five veteran starters had some trouble adjusting to last year. Now you got to get some young guys. It's going to be interesting to see how they play it out. The top two backs and the top receiver must be replaced. The duel of James Gilbert and Jordan Brown mean that 1,100 yards and 10 touchdowns are gone. At receiver, two freshmen, uh, Malik Knowles and Phillip Brooks, broken to the rotation, will lead um, in 2020 with Joaquin Gill. Extremely inexperienced offense in 2020. No player besides multi-year starter Thompson has 10-plus career starts. Um Kansas State improved by averaging touchdowns, uh, a touchdown more per game. They did a good job with ball security. They finished in the top ten in fewest offensive giveaways. So we'll see, you know, where this offense goes in a undeveloped offseason that we are in. The strength of the team last year in 19 was, was the defense. They allowed just 21 points per game, which finished second in scoring defense in the Big 12. Now, why is that? This is a big-picture lesson to learn in what I talk about. I talk about it when you're talking about 
an Alabama or you're talking about Oklahoma, any big-time program. So it's effective everywhere. They are a run-heavy, ball-control offensive team. So when you have that, the defense faced significantly less snaps than the average Big 12 defense. Ding, 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 ding. You control the football. You keep your defense fresh and on the field for less snaps. Look, I mean, the odds are what they are. The less you spend on the road, the less time you have a uh, less likelihood you have a chance to get in, in an accident. Doesn't eliminate it. It just it just uh, it reduces it. The style of pay of play helps their defense, so they were good. But let's give some credit to the offense, and that's one of the things you talk about that that is not looked at. People still think, not football people, but fans. I had a hard time convincing fans and media to understand this because they get the same thing all the time. People think you can have an offense that looks like Oklahoma and an elite defense that looks like you know, you know, a, a, a great unit that just can lock down people. And Well, it doesn't work that way because how you play offensively affects how you play defense. And if you're going to be up-tempo and you're going to spread and play tempo and score a bunch of points, you know, quickly – your defense is going to be on the field more. They're going to give up points. So it's it's kind of not that way, as people think. Um, but they did a good job. They The defense faced less snaps, yes. But, you know, it was the third fewest in all of five power, um, power Five football. So their defense was on the field for less snaps than anybody in college football other than two says a lot. So things like points a game and passing yards a game are top 40. Okay. So, again, if it's not for their tempo, the defense is still pretty good. But instead of very, very good numbers that would put them, you know, second in the Big 12 and a lot higher nationally, they're morely, merely top 40 in terms of their ability to play per snap. If you look at it um, – if the offense struggles with replacing all these linemen, it's going to struggle to maintain drives. It's going to struggle to burn the clock. It's going to struggle to flip the field. And those defensive per-play stats are going to be exposed. So understand that, whether it's Kansas State or anyone else. Um, very late in the coaching carousel, Michigan State, due to the fact that Mel Tucker left Colorado late and took the Michigan State job, he plucked Scott Hazelton off the Kansas State staff to be his defensive coordinator. Kleiman promoted safety coach uh, Joe Klanderman from within. He has worked with Kleiman for the past five seasons. He'll continue to run the same system. The continuity was key, particularly as late as they did it. Last year, they, they ran a lot of cover three, and that was a big part of keeping a lot of plays in front of them, and, and it helped improve Kansas State's year over year in almost all past defense categories. Uh, they're very aggressive, very successful in pre-snap shifts. They do a good job of disguising their blitzes to confuse quarterbacks, especially on third downs. They had a number two finish nationally on a low 28% conversion rate. So really, really good on third down. And uh, Klanderman prefers a little bit more blitz looks and aggressive play calls than what Hazleton ultimately called. And he did a good job with the secondary. So it's a good move, I think, that will work out. The linebackers are very good. Elijah Sullivan led the team in tackles, while Daniel Green broke into the rotation as a freshman. Uh, Justin Hughes was a solid starter in 18. He's now back from his injury that forced him to miss all of last year. Uh, one of the best players you probably don't know anything about, but maybe, maybe the best pass rusher in the Big 12. We'll see. But he's a candidate. Wyatt Hubert, really good. And he draws attention from opposing offensive line. He's the league's returning leader in sacks. Um, Kansas State's going to add two of their top three defensive end recruits from the entire decade. They've added Juco All-American, Kermani Gaines, an in-state Nate Matlock, both defensive tackle starters must be replaced, but they've got another Juke code lineman, Robert Hentz, who compete alongside um, Drew Wiley. 
The secondary loses quarterback of the defense, Denzel Goosby, but returns a duel of three-year starters at corner in A.J. Parker and Walter Neal, um, who had converted from his nickel roll last year. So, look, replacing the offensive line, the top two backs, the leading receiver, it's a transition year in the second year. They've got some big 12 calendar individuals. You look at it, they've got Buffalo, which is not easy but can win. They've got North Dakota, not North Dakota State. They got Vanderbilt. Those are three wins. You go to West Virginia, let's call it a question mark, but I like their chances there. Should not win at Texas. Definitely capable. Should beat Kansas. I say probably lose to to Texas uh, TCU. I think question mark Iowa State, question mark Texas Tech. I'm going to say lost to Oklahoma. Yeah, I remember last year. Lost to Oklahoma State. Yeah, I remember last year. Question mark. Look at them. Uh, I think I've got four question mark games. i got four wins. <clears throat> Folks, that's that's always the key is what can you do in those question mark games while winning against Kansas, Buffalo, North Dakota, and Vanderbilt. Um, that's going to take you to your fifth, sixth, seventh, or eighth wins. Unless you're pulling an upset. I think this is probably a step back. I think this is a six or seven win team. And again, I'm basing it all on the fact that we're going to have a season that's going to have a full complement of 12 games. Um, <clears throat> some other things that you know I look at overall, it jumps out at me. When I look at Chris Kleiman and his team last year, these are some film grade notes from last year. <clears throat> really smart team. Play very hard. They don't beat themselves. They're patient. They're aggressive. Um, you can wear them down and find, you know, and find those. They'll wear you down, find your spots that you're not real good at, <clears throat> make you play left-handed. They can build with this Skylar Thompson kid. They made a lot of third-down plays. With his legs, they need that versatility. He just got to do a little bit more. Need to, you know, get physical up front with some young guys on the offensive line. The defense is definitely a little tricky, as I mentioned. Will be a little bit more aggressive this year. Um, Wyatt Hubert is a really good player, an explosive pass rusher. This is Chris Kleiman's team and program. But, again, the transition is really smooth. A lot of the, the, the principles and the culture narratives that Bill Snyder brought is what Chris Kleiman believes in. They were among the best in the country in third down defense, as I mentioned. They allowed just 42 conversions on 153rd down plays last year. That's 28%. Led the Big 12, second in the country. Try that on for size. Overall number is one thing because you're not on the field a bunch. Now, because you're not on the field as much, you're also not on the field for as many third downs. But you're looking at the percentage of how you did in third downs, and they did very well. And a lot of it is because they stay a little bit fresh and they disguise things well. And they force a little bit of aggressiveness from an opposing offense because if you have less possessions against them, you feel the need to score even more. In the Big 12, you feel like you got to score. You feel like you need to score 42 points. When you go up against Kansas State, and you've got less possessions than you normally do, sometimes as much as three less per game, you feel the pressure to make every one of them count even more. Um, now, Kansas State couldn't stop anyone from scoring inside the red zone. That was the, the bugaboo. They made just one stop inside its own 20-yard line, allowing 18 touchdowns and 15 field goals and 34 opportunities, a 97% scoring rate that ranked dead last in the country. So while they were good on third downs, boy, did they struggle in the red zone. Things that they've got to work on. So that's kind of how I see this Kansas State program heading into second year with Chris Kleiman. Over in Waco, Texas, we've got a changing of the guard. Matt Rule is off to the NFL, and what a great job he did. Dave Aranda comes in. Going back with Matt, Matt took over a disgraced program with a depleted roster 
from 111 and 17 to 11 wins just two years later. For context, uh, the 2010 decade launch point, Baylor averages three wins per season and was the second-worst Power 5 win percentage in the 2000s. Then our browse-in brought that offensive explosion, the first Heisman winner, a 32-7 three-year record in the middle of the decade before seeing the program collapse under scandal and falter to that 1-11 debut. Rule's youth movement of 17 paid off in 19. Back then, he played a ton of freshmen, sophomores, and made it so players buying into the long-term vision got playing time, even if it meant starting in place of incumbent starters or veteran players. Rule played the long game, got a seven-year contract, had patience from the administration and the fan base, and it was a good situation for him, and he parlayed it, and everything clicked last year. It was the third-year defense, which always the third year for a Phil Snow defense is the key. Everywhere he's been as a coordinator, that's been the key. Third-year defense was the best in the Big 12. We just talked about some of the things that Kansas State could do. A little bit of a theme here. Defensive talk in an offensive conference. We had the two best teams defensively in this league. The offense was efficient. They did just enough to grind out five one-score games. Um, And, boy, was it just their year. Were they resilient? How about, you know, they were unbeaten and you thought, well, this is going to end. The Texas Tech overtime, the Friday night West Virginia game, ridiculous TCU finish. I mean, you're thinking they're losing every one of those. Nothing. Now, Oklahoma overpowered them. You see that there was a distinct difference. So what they were was extremely efficient in getting done and playing what they can do. So they beat the San Stephen F. Austin's and San Antonio and Rice, but they beat a close game against Iowa State. They handled the aforementioned Kansas State team 31-20. They, again, got by Texas Tech 33-30. Oklahoma State, that was a nice win, put up 45 points. West Virginia, 17-14. TCU, 29-23, ridiculous game. But beat Texas 24-10. Beat Kansas 61-6. Lost to Oklahoma 34-31 in a close one. Lost to Oklahoma 30-23 in the other but Oklahoma kind of overpowered them. Wasn't a overpowering point differential, but you could see the difference. But Baylor hung in. Georgia, 26-14 loss. Okay, you see where they are. Got out of that program what they could get. Uh, very, very good. I thought it was very impressive. Um, so, Matt did a fundable job, a, a, a phenomenal job. He parlayed that into the Carolina Panther job. Now the torches pass to really cerebral Dave Aranda in his first head coaching job. Very bright, very organized. We'll have growing pains like any young head coach. But he's led top ten defenses in his first three years at LSU, national championship last year. Yes, they recruit well. But he had those guys well positioned. And you go back in 2015 at Wisconsin, he had the number one scoring defense with kind of the same type of talent profile that Baylor's going to get. So the thing I like about Dave Aranda, people have asked me to compare because Dave Aranda's gone at LSU and Bo Pelini's now at LSU. Dave Aranda is the better defensive coordinator as it relates to coaching across a wide variety of places. You take Bo Pelini, Bo Pelini may be as good a fit or better at LSU because he's got a lot of horses that he's going to let them attack, run out of the barn like wild horses and attack and be aggressive, and you're going to see that. You put Bo Pelini, who's not as cerebral as Aranda, and you put Bellini, Pelini at a, a Wisconsin or, you know, someplace, then you're not quite as good as Aranda. So Aranda may be the more eclectic guy, the more cerebral guy, the guy that can do it 
at a more variety of places. But in the end, when you're hiring a coach, you're hiring for one job, not a bunch of them. And I think Dave gets his chance. And I think he'll do a good job with his vision and his ideas and his eclectic thinking. I think will develop into a pretty good head coach. They do a lot of things defensively. They throw a lot at you. You know, formation variations, blitz packages, um, how you line up your linemen. I mean, he did it from his Hawaii days to Wisconsin three-man's front. Really, really sharp mind. I think you'll do a good job. Like the hire of Larry Fedora to lead the offense. Texas guy, good offensive guy. He's been on the front edge of several offensive evolutions over the past decade. The spread, the tempo. Offenses have put up huge numbers everywhere he's been. Actually, was at Baylor for six years and went to the Air Force to learn from Fisher DeBerry. Led potent dynamic attacks at Oklahoma State, Florida, Middle Tennessee. Got the North Carolina job. Took them to the conference championship game. Things kind of fell apart as a head coach. Good offensive mind. Offensive scheme. One back. Multi-personnel. Multi-tempo. Proven ability to adapt and to adjust to both Defensive strategy week to week and roster strength year to year. Very good coach. The offense will operate mostly out of the shotgun with one back and one tight end, but they'll mix up some mix up some two backs, even um, you know some diamond formation. Um, the receivers will be spread wide, however, not as wide as when Browse pushed the horizontal extremes by placing them outside the numbers. So it'll be some tempo, some different looks but it'll be a little bit more eclectic and not as regimented as they were. Charlie Brewer comes back, good quarterback, gives them an advantage, just like Skylar Thompson can help Kansas State with his veteran presence, Charlie Brewer can. Posted a 65% completion rate, efficient year, uh, passing in his third season as a starter, accurate in the short intermediate game, benefited from Denzel Mims, who's now with the Jets, won a lot of jump balls, Brewer smart, goes through progressions pretty nicely, gets the team in the correct spot, read pre-snap, pretty good in the RPO game, took a beating last year from pass rushes. God, did they just knock that kid around. He also, Brewer did, led the team in rushing attempts and touchdowns. I think given Vittoria's track record, look for another workhorse load of carries for Brewer. His best teams at North Carolina saw the quarterback average 150 carries per season, which is about 12 a game. John Lovett, Jamichael Hasty shared the starting role last year, but with Hasty gone, it'll be Lovett, the feature back, and the one-back offense. Two of the top four receivers are gone. Mims will be missed in terms of playmaking and winning those uh, fade and jump balls. Tyquan Thornton and R.G. Sneed both caught 40-plus balls last year, while Josh, uh, Josh Fleeks is going to have a bigger role. Um, Fedora Harris more speed and at the skill position um, than in the past. Uh, and compared to the last few regimes, I think they're going to work the tight end a little bit more once they get them. They don't have enough of them on campus. Offensive line was a weakness last year. It led to Brewer getting beat up quite a bit. They allowed a league-high 38 sacks and 9% sack rate, which is 97th nationally. Lots of shuffling. No linemen started every game at the same spot. Sam Tecklenburg was a bright spot last year, but he's graduated. In all, seven of the ten too deep on the offensive line returns with another year of experience. So can you get your guys better, as I always say? It's taken a while for that defense to settle in under Phil Snow's scheme. Units made huge jumps at Temple and Arizona State in the third year. They're right on schedule. It clicked again last year. They played a ton of freshmen and sophomores in that 17 debut season, meaning all of those were ahead of schedule from a game rep and experience standpoint, and it really paid dividends in 2019 in his upperclassmen. And that's why thought they were so good. Baylor was just one of five defenses to improve in all key 14 defensive categories from 18 to 19. And in total, they were the number one most improved unit year to year from one year to the next. Heading into 2020, it's a complete rebuild on the defensive side of the ball. In terms of personnel and scheme, they got to replace nine starters. 
10 of their top 13 tacklers, seven seniors graduated, Graylin Ono and James Lynch both declared for the draft. In total, Baylor returns just 32% of their defensive production, which is the second lowest in all of Power 5 football. Terrell Bernard led the team in tackles, while a trio of defensive backs got significant playing times. Riley Texada, J.T. Woods, and Kalen Barnes. Um, starting spots are wide open. The loss of spring practice, again, redundant, but it hurts more programs than others, but particularly ones that have a coaching change that are looking to install um, a complex new scheme with nine inexperienced starters. Ron Roberts comes over from Louisiana Lafayette uh, to be the defensive coordinator for Aranda. They work together. In fact, Ron hired Aranda at Delta State, gave him his first job full-time, they're going to feature a three-man front. They're going to uh, stress getting speed on the field and defending the Big 12 spread offenses. Um, look for Aranda to to stockpile a lot of athletic defenders in recruiting going forward so they can do a wide variety of defensive looks assignment-wise. Uh, a lot of hybrid players at LSU that he had, he liked to drop those guys in coverage, fly to the football, make open field tackles, bring pressure from the edges, from the inside, from different uh, pressure points. Um, they've also run that peso package, which is essentially a three-man front with six or seven defensive backs. And those positionless lineups are really, really difficult to get a read on offensively. So how quickly can he get all of that done is going to be interesting. Very bright defensive guy, uh, but we'll see. A couple of other things to keep in mind as I kind of look over my notes from last year is um, Baylor was the best defensive team in the Big 12 last year. Uh, third down, red zone, you knew they were getting after you. Um, and that was the difference between them and, say, a Kansas State. Tons of disruptive plays off the edge, but they're gone. They lose the end. They lose the nose. Dave has to put his mark on the defense right away. Um, and it's not going to happen right away. I mean, he's going to have to put his mark, but the success is not going to happen right away because of the change in personnel. Bringing in Larry Fedora is a really smart move. Um, you know, he knows the league being at Texas. He's a good situational play caller. Got enough talent to work with. Um Look, you got a chance in the Big 12. I thought that they were, um, you know, offensive plays. Uh, they averaged 76 offensive plays per game in 18, which ranked 14th in the country. They slowed things down considerably in 19. So they averaged 67.7 snaps. That was an 8.29 play differential, which is the largest in the Big 12 in terms of differential and the largest, fourth largest nationally. They allowed 0.268 points per play defensively in 2019, which led the Big 12 and ranked number 12 in the country. And they surrendered only nine pass plays of 30-plus yards or longer in 19 across 485 pass attempts. The 1.86 explosive play given up rate was the best in the country. They just didn't give up big plays. So I think their future's good. Don't think the future's now. How that matchup is intriguing against Ole Miss week one, a question mark game. Certainly expect them to beat Kansas and Incarnate Word and Louisiana Tech. I expect them to lose uh, to Oklahoma. Texas Tech is a question mark game. Uh, TCU, I'm going to say a loss this year. I think Texas should beat them. Oklahoma State should beat them. I think question mark against Iowa State question mark against West Virginia, question mark against Kansas State. So what do you have there? I mean, there are three games, Kansas, Incarnate Word, and Louisiana Tech, that I say comfortably they're absolutely going to win. But I like their chances against Ole Miss. I like their chances at Texas Tech. I think that their chances at Kansas State and at West Virginia and at Iowa State are all pretty decent, but I would not make it a lock. So I would say in a, in a, in a, in a schedule that has five question marks and three wins – there's a lot of variances there. I still think that they can probably win eight games. Seven I feel good about. But this is a rebuild. And remember, I thought that Matt left a, you know, had a really good team last year, and I thought it, it peaked, and, and I think he loses a lot of those guys. And they got to rebuild the defense, but they've got some things to work with, namely the quarterback, and I think some pieces together. So look for them to 
certainly go bowling in, in a 12-game season. I think they've got seven wins definitely and possibly uh, eight. So that's a look at the Baylor Bears as well. Hey, um, again, a couple of notes. We're excited about transitioning to different podcasts and excited about having Tyler McComas and uh, Brad Kellner that's going to be doing uh, in defense of the Big 12 um, starting here in a couple of weeks. Uh, we're really excited about that. And all the podcasts, family of podcasts of Landry Football in the Landry Football Podcast Network, which you can sign up for Landry Football's conference call. You're absolutely going to love that. Um, also, check out LandryFootball.com for all the detailed film room analysis, college game, pro game, recruiting boards, draft boards, free agent boards, scouting reports, roster analysis, college in the NFL, you name it. We'll give you access like you have access to your own scouting department for less than $5 a month. Just a great opportunity to get involved with us. We encourage you to check it out. Film breakdowns during the season, previews, reviews, we've got it all for you. So check us out today at LandryFootball.com. Check out the great folks at 401k Generation as they bring you this podcast and um, they can help you. 401ks, IRAs, whatever your financial needs are, whatever your financial goals are, they can help you. License in all 50 states, 1-866-998-5879, the number of the call. Check us out on the Pro Football Show today. Check us out tomorrow, Friday, Pac-12 football and beyond. We'll break down a couple of teams, more teams in the Pac-12. Always great to be with you. Be safe out there. Talk to you again. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.